Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I lost you there, Brendan, but uh, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. It's 134 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. We have the uh, Edmonton Eskimos in action tonight against the Montreal Alouettes with those uh, funky new helmets they're wearing these days. The pregame show begins at 5, kickoff at 5.30, but Dave Campbell will set up tonight's game with me coming up at 1.45 today. Tomorrow in studio... Uh, we had John Short in on Tuesday, and uh, once a year at this time, we uh, always bring in Brian Hall, and Brian will join us on Friday's edition of Oilers Now, the uh, longtime voice of the Edmonton Eskimos and a legend in his own right, and many would say a legend in his own mind. Just kidding, Halsey. But Halsey will join us tomorrow from 1230 to 1.30. Just had Mark Spector in, Stoffer Inspector, brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing, Fridays and Saturdays at Northlands Park. Uh, not this week, or not this upcoming week, uh, because next week uh, we will have the Oil Country Championship, and again, I'll be out of the Petroleum Club Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday for that event, but the week after it will be the Holinka Gretzky Cup uh, to be held in Edmonton 2018-2020-2022. Canada, uh, Canada is a multiple... Uh, time uh, champion in this event uh, it is best on best traditionally and to talk a bit about Team USA is their head coach Corey Leyland for the upcoming Holinka Gretzky Cup. Hello Corey it's Bob Stoffer. how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, so tell me this, because uh, I'm, I'm all about clarity for our listeners. Um, the U.S. has dominated the U18 tournament. Uh, that is played each year in April, uh, late April, early May, uh, often at a time in which some of Canada's best players are tied up with uh, junior hockey and that sort of thing, and the Americans build a powerhouse team. How does this team that you coach, uh, the U.S. under-18 men's select team, how does that uh, sort of match up in comparison to the Cal- How many of these kids will end up on your uh U18 team uh, the following spring? Well, uh, on that team, it's a national development program. That's what they have. And we're, we're kids that, that, that don't do that program, that choose to stay home and, and, and uh, play either uh, in the USHL or some guys are in, in uh, uh, major junior and some kids are uh, playing on their high school teams around the country. So it, it's that next group of kids that uh, are probably from better programs in their hometowns that, that decide to stay home instead of going to the national development program um so i guess it's our uh a minus b plus group so it depends on uh, what you think okay so it's 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 an interesting sort of uh, dichotomy because you're having to to sort of coach kids from all across the country and from from different levels of hockey uh, as well, and then you're playing against the likes of Canada and Sweden, and they are bringing their their traditionally uh, their best available players for this tournament, aren't they? No, absolutely. We are getting a, a, a mixed bag of kids from all over, and we're trying to come together as quick as we can. Um, but uh, these are high end kids, and they come from great programs, and uh, it, it is going to be a challenge because they don't play year round together. Uh, but we're excited about our group, and I think uh, I think we'll be well. 
Corey, do you think the United, like, I, I, the general perception, and hey, I'm a proud Canadian. Uh, I'm one of the guys that believes this. I mean, Canada's won the last two best-on-best uh, -best tournaments at the Olympics of 2010-2014. I think the U.S. has supplanted uh, Russia and is probably Canada's chief rival. Uh, do you think the Americans are starting to close the gap not at the not not with one team but in terms of the depth of the the caliber of depth of, of players that the American hockey system is currently producing because you know Canada an argument can be made Canada's B team in the Olympics could have been the runner-up for the Olympics but you know the Americans have got a great program now and are you seeing greater depth in your program than ever before I think we're getting deeper and I think a lot has to do with how the NHL is, is supporting all these other uh, teams, and, and we're getting players from the South. We're getting them from all these uh, uh, non-traditional areas uh, where a lot of NHL players, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they settle in, they, they, they make their roots, and all of a sudden now they're developing a nice group of players. There's players coming out of St. Louis all the time. There's players coming out of, out of Phoenix, out of L.A., all these non-traditional areas in, in Florida we're getting players from. And, and so it's not just the... It, it, not just the Minnesota kids. It's not just the Michigan kids. It's not just the New York kids anymore. So uh, I, I think that our American development model is doing a great job of developing skills and getting different kids into into the program at a younger age. Um, so I, you know, I, I think we're doing a good job of, of, of circling the troops and getting as many good athletes as we can. Oh, a couple areas that Amer I think that Americans have done a good job developing players. One is in puck-moving defensemen, and part of that is, you know, what happens at the next level once they progress beyond, say, the U18 level and they go off to NCAA, you know, uh, programs. I've got a friend, Guy Godowski, coaching at Penn State right now. But the emphasis on allowing their defensemen to make plays, and that's the same thing that we have in Swedish hockey. And frankly, Corey, it's a concern that I have with some, not all, but some major junior programs in Canada. Um but, you know, maybe just discuss the caliber of the athlete that you're getting. Are you getting guys that played hockey first from the time that they were 6, 7, 8 on now, as opposed to maybe 10 to 12 years ago where there are kids that came from other sports? You know, maybe they were playing, uh, you know, they were point guards in basketball and, and, and morphed over to hockey. So are you seeing kids that have chosen hockey first as a uh, sports path since the ages of 6 and 7 now, whereas maybe you didn't before? Well, I, I think you're right, and I think there, that is happening. I, I know that we all these kids did. They used to be all multi-sport athletes, and I think as uh, as uh, everything starts so narrow, these kids are really beginning uh, to be more sports-specific, and, and I think they're training correctly, and I think they're practicing more and working on their individual skills. As you know, the, the game has changed a lot. It's not as physical as it used to be, and it's a lot more technical. So kids are really, you know, social media is helping, and YouTube is helping, and kids are emulating and, and, and trying to be the player that they want to be. And um, I just think it's totally transformed the, the, the skill level of all the kids. And like a lot of these kids going to the USHL and the, uh, it, that, that are here in, 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 uh, in America, we go. that's our goal is to get to the USHL, a lot of these kids, and get to college hockey. And there's a lot of training and a lot of practice and uh, for maybe a few a little bit lesser games, but they're working on their skills more and more. Uh, is there still a preference in the U.S. model to send kids to the NCAA, or is major junior still a viable option as well? It's still a viable option, absolutely. With those high-end kids that want to fast-track their way to the NHL, I think a lot of them uh, do choose that option. And, and uh, uh, But uh, a lot of the colleges are, are doing a lot of good marketing and, and trying to get 
kids in this direction and and uh, in the college direction. And um, there is it. We, we've the numbers have gone up, and some of the studies have shown that college hockey is a definitely a, a good pass. And Gagadowski is a really good friend of mine. I used to play with him. A great guy, and he's doing a great job of developing players. As I'm out of Minnesota, and we've got some great colleges here, and producing a lot of good players. So. Um, there's a lot of different routes. There's no no right or wrong answer, and I just think keep kids in the game as long as you can. Corey Leyland is the Team USA head coach for the Lincoln Gretzky Cup. This is a tournament that's been won by Canada for a lot of years. Uh, you know, Canada's. I mean, we've got Kirby Dock out of Fort Saskatchewan, which is you know 20 minutes outside of Edmonton, and he could be as high as I don't know. He's not going to go before Hughes, but he might be the next guy after him. Uh, Dylan Cousins is out of the Western League as well. He's playing for uh, Lethbridge. And both are six foot three right shot centers that are going to go in the top 15 of the first round of the draft. Where are the areas? Is a strength with your team that are going to be playing in this event coming up at the Holinka Gretzky Cup? Well, I think we've got some uh, we've got some solid forwards as well. Um, we've got uh, a couple of guys that did well, real well in Major Junior. We've got uh, Arthur Kaliev who played in Hamilton, did real well. I think he had 30, 30 some goals in that league last year, took him to the Memorial Cup. And then we got uh, Nick Robertson that did real well, um, and uh, he was in Peterborough, and, and uh, he's a real tenacious player. Um, so I mean, those guys. Uh, we got Luke Toporowski who played in, uh, played in. I think he was in Spokane last year. So we've got some guys with the, with some motors that, that are familiar with with playing up there and, and big crowds. And, um, we got a guy like John Farnacci who is going to go to Harvard in the future. Really a high end player. He's projected to be a top top round guy. Um, so we've got some real high-end players that, uh, you know, we, we can put some points up, but we've got some grit and we've got some size. And we've got some good puck-moving defensemen. Um, goaltender Dustin Wolf played in Everett last year, put up some good numbers, so we're hoping he's going to have a good tournament to give us a chance to win. Is uh, Luke Toporowski the son of Kerry Toporowski? Um, I think... Uh, or I, is he a shame? Do you know which one... I, I think Shane's uncle, so I'm guessing it's Kerry. So yeah, because I mean, Kerry Toporowski, when he played for uh, uh, for the Spokane Chiefs and won the 1991 Memorial Cup, though, that was as tough. I mean, it was the Western Hockey League doesn't even resemble that, you know, what it used to be. It's it's just unbelievable. I just remember Kerry Toporowski. I think he went about 90 and 0 that year. He was. Uh, he, he would have played as a heavyweight in the National Hockey League, but he got stepped on in a fight in uh, the International Hockey League at the time that the IHL was pretty big, and he never really was able to go to the next level. But, man, in the Western League, uh, when he played for Brian Maxwell on that Spokane Chiefs team, they were they they won the Memorial oh, Cup that year. They were a tough, tough team. Well, uh, <laughs> what, have, what have you heard about Canada? Because Canada's going to be the favorite for this thing. No, absolutely. And they've dominated uh, the past, and we know that. And we know we're going up into the in the Lions Den here, and, and uh, I, I just know that you have a super highly skilled, and uh, you know it, you guys obviously are the favorites. So um, you know we're, we're, we just kind of take it period by period and uh, do our thing, and, and we can't worry about both the best. And we know that Canada is going to be, you know, leading with Trump here, and, and we know that they're going to be the best team there. And um, we're just trying to hold our own and, and give us an opportunity to have a shot at him at the end here. Well, hopefully you were a more productive player uh, when you played with Guy Gadowski than I was when I played on his right wing. So, uh, Corey, we look forward to meeting you when you come to town, okay? Awesome, awesome. Thanks for having me. Yvette, that is Corey Leyland. He is the head coach of the Americans for the upcoming uh, Holenka Gretzky tournament. He, he's with the 2018 U.S. under 
18 men's select team. Bob Stauffer with you. And again, we'll be at the Holinka uh, for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday of uh, that week over at Rogers Place. I'm looking forward to it. And it's after a, a real tough year for the Western Hockey League this past year where they just had two first-round picks. Um, there could be five guys that go in the top 20 of the draft this year coming up out of the Western Hockey League. So it's going to be a good year, including a couple of centers that we mentioned uh Talked a lot about those kids over the last several weeks. When we come back, we'll get a preview of tonight's Edmonton Eskimos encounter in Montreal. Will we see Johnny Manziel? And will we see the Eskimos finally break it out offensively? Dave Campbell will set the stage. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. The Chiseler, a.k.a. Voice in the Past, being a bit of a smart aleck when I said name your uh, name a player on another team uh, that was an Oilers rival that you would have really liked to have seen at Edmonton. And his response was Kevin Guy from Calgary. Um, a fine player at the Southside Athletic Club, terrific uh, in major junior player, not really an impactful NHL guy. But, hey, he played in a league, and he could move the puck a bit as a defenseman. I think that Chisler was having a little bit of fun with me there. Uh, the best pizza in the city, still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza, Edmonton owned and operated 48-plus years. Star for recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. All right, in what? About three and a half hours. We've got ourselves an Eskimo game. Pre-game show starts in two hours. With Dave Campbell, Morley, Scott, cast the thousands. The Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes. Will we see Johnny Manziel tonight? Dave Campbell sets the stage. Hey, Dave, how are you? Hey, Bob, doing great. How are you? Good. Tell me about tonight's matchup from your perspective. And uh, obviously, you know, Cavis Reed making some noise here, picking up Johnny Manziel. You know, it's it's really hard to ignore that, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Hard. You know, usually we don't spend a lot of time talking about you know spending a you know leading about the opposition, uh, but you have to when Johnny Manziel is on the other side, and and the fact that this was such a blockbuster trade, a five player trade for a man who has not played one single down of CFL football, but it shows you, you know, it, it's a desperate move by Cavis Reed, but he has to make a move that that's going to help him out now and help out his team. And right now, you could probably make an argument, Johnny Manziel, probably the best quarterback on their roster right now. So he's not going to start tonight. He's going to see some time, and some time is the, is the biggest question mark. So Vernon Adams is going to start a quarterback. And amazingly enough, I mean, he'll be the 14th different starting quarterback, even though Adams has started three games for the Alouettes at the uh, tail end of the 2016 season. And he's 3-0 and as a starter, but he left and played for the for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and he uh, was in the training camp with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and then he was let go and signed back with the uh, Montreal Alouettes. So he is one of only three starting quarterbacks since uh, the uh, retirement of Anthony Calvillo that actually has a winning record. The others are uh, Jonathan Crompton, a former Eskimo, and a guy by the name of Josh Nicewander, who did have a win against the Eskimos in 2013. So, you know, what the Alouettes are doing is they're, they're, they're switching their, their, their style of quarterback because so, they know Johnny Manziel is going to be the starter probably as early as next week. So they're, they're picking a guy in Vernon Adams 
who uh, has a similar skill set to uh, to, to uh, Johnny Manziel. So we know Adams will start, but when does Manziel get in the game? That's the biggest question mark. All right. Uh, from your perspective, I mean, hey, I remember when Doug Flutie came in the league, not everybody believed he would make an impact, and he had watched out of the NFL at that point. Uh, was a pretty electrifying player, won a Heisman Trophy. Uh, you know, Flutie winning in my, at Miami, very similar to Manziel going in with Texas A&M and winning in Alabama. Um, I'd say maybe even more impressive for Manziel, given the fact that historically Alabama was a little bit more disciplined of a program than Miami was back in the day. Do you think this guy is going to be able to make it and play in the league? I think that's the biggest question mark, right? And it, it's hard to say. And, you know, the, the most successful Heisman Trophy winner was Doug Flutie up here, obviously, and that's by far. And uh, the the previous Heisman Trophy winner up here was Troy Smith, and he didn't uh, pan out very well with the Alouettes. So, you know, it, it, it hasn't worked out historically. But when you look at Johnny Manziel, and obviously his college resume is impressive, his NFL resume isn't, although the Cleveland Browns were a mess, and that probably didn't help Johnny Manziel. You know, there's there's two sides to this. There's one side where, and I know Kavis Reed said he's not coming in to be the savior, but ultimately that's the label that Johnny Manziel will have, um, and he will get the best shot uh, of his of his football career, really, um, to be a starter and to establish himself in pro football. And ultimately, he wants to get back to the NFL. There's a downside of this too, in the fact that he he could be set up to fail. You know, and and he's being rushed in here he'll be rushed to, into the game tonight to play a few snaps he'll be rushed to be a starter next week and and get to know guys that uh, he has been unfamiliar with he's dealt with his second cfl team in just over two months uh, a guy that has been you know only in the cfl for just over two months so the, the questions are are really daunting i think are surrounding johnny manzel and then we still don't know much about the off-field stuff and how he's you know, reacted in, in, in or how he's responded or, or, or been a model citizen. All reports indicate he was a pretty good guy, pretty good teammate in Hamilton. But then I read a, a story from Tree Down Nation of June Jones speaking to a radio station in Denver, I believe, and uh, said, "Well, you know, this, you know, he was he was great from a football perspective, but there were some other things that we were concerned about, and there was reports that he, you know, missed meetings and or was late for meetings, not missed meetings, but you know, he was, you know, not exactly maybe the the not that he was a bad guy, but he, he made some mistakes, uh, you know, apart from football. And of course, he was, you know, he was allowed to leave uh, and go to do his little podcast or whatever his podcast was. Um, so, but you know, you, you listen to Johnny Manziel this week, and he sounds like a guy that you know is is, is understanding that his past is going to follow him. He he was very open and very honest, and I thought he was very uh, very eloquent talking about his bipolar disorder. But there's just so many questions surrounding about Johnny Manziel um, as a CFO quarterback. So this could really work, or this, you know, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to really work well, or it's going to be a disaster. It'll be enthralling to watch either way, Dave. We're running up against the uh, 2 o'clock news here. You guys got the pregame show beginning at 4 o'clock Edmonton time. We look forward to hearing that. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Dave Campbell, radio analyst of the Edmonton Eskimos. 155 in Edmonton. And uh, so we got the Eskimo game tonight, pregame show at 4, play-by-play at 5.30 with uh, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell and the gang down in Montreal. We'll be back tomorrow. Brian Hall will join us uh, for an hour in studio. We'll have a couple other guests as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers now.
Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.